Welcome to Swing Angry Live. I am your host, Brandon Matthews. It's my pleasure to bring you the latest in sports performance and player development strategies from a variety of industry experts as we discuss some of the hottest topics in baseball, softball, and athletic development. Be sure to follow us on all major social media platforms at bmat0416 and check out the website, www.bmatthewsbaseball.com. If you would like to be a guest on the show or would like to recommend someone for the show, please feel free to reach out. I hope you enjoy today's episode. No doubt. Yeah, so, I mean, recruiting, I mean, we could sit here and talk for hours <laughs> about recruiting. I mean, this is this is a conversation that, you know, can't really happen in 45 minutes. And sometimes, you know, recruiting for these kids and families, is it's clear as mud. You know what I mean? Like, it, you know, people say one thing and then you find out another. And so it's just, you know, for me, it's really important in giving back to these kids and families and making sure that they have the right information in hand. I mean, everybody, you and I both, our recruitment was very different back then. Times have definitely changed with technology and, and just everything that's available out there. But, you know, for me, I don't know if a lot of your viewers, you know, you gave a little bit of my a bio, but I do go back for uh, quite a bit in softball. This is, I played college ball myself at a small NAI school in Tiffin, Ohio. Uh, they're division two now. Um, and then I went on to have a 15 year coaching career. Uh, I've coached at the division one level, the division two level and the NAI level. So I've been um, scouting with national scouting report for about four and a half years now. Um, I got out of coaching and went right to the, the scouting side of things. So this is what I do all the time. This is what I, I take care of my families. I take care of my kids and, and just really educate people. Um, I have a pretty good following on social media and, and I give a lot of information and I'm, I'm pretty blunt about things. <laughs> that, that hasn't changed. <laughs> Um, but yeah, tonight recruiting, I mean, where, where do you want to start? Like, <laughs> again, this could be, this could go a lot of different ways. And I think for me, coach, like, I think the first question I always get in this process is when is a good time to get started? That's usually the first question I get is when should we start? And for me, guys, it's always going to be about when the prospect is ready right? When they're ready for this process. Cause I have a lot of kids and, and you know, a lot of kids that are physically gifted and they might even be academically gifted, but they're just not ready mature wise to handle the recruiting process. I mean, there's a lot to deal with. It's not just, you know, showing up at a baseball field or softball field. There's a lot that goes on behind the scenes. So, you know, if the kid's ready, because coach, I mean, at the end of the day, like you and I both know it's, it's a proactive process with these kids and they're the ones that have to do the work. Right. So I get, that's the first big question I get is, you know, when, when, when should we start? And I say, as soon as the kid's ready, that could be seventh grade, eighth grade, freshman year. I mean, that could take as long as maybe junior year. And, and as you get into, you know, the longer you kind of wait in this process, the, the, the less options there are out there. So as long as, you know, the kids ready. I don't have a lot of seventh and eighth graders. I have four 2026s and a 2027. I only have four of those. So a lot of, you know, a lot of the, the evaluation process, I think for softball starts in that eighth grade to freshman year when that kid decides, okay, I, I'm committed, you know, I'm invested in this process. Right? Yeah, so, I think it's important that, um, you know, 
the athlete has to decide, is this something I want to pursue beyond, you know, just my travel ball season or beyond my high school career? Is this something I want to dedicate, you know, my time to doing when I go to college? Because it's going to be full-time athletics and full-time academics. That's absolutely right. And you get a lot of kids that are interested in the process, but they're not invested yet. And you've got to be invested because it is a proactive process. I think a lot of kids and families think it's something that's reactive, right? And so let's talk about some myths, myths and truths that are out there about the recruiting process. I, I think the first big one, I hear it all the time. I know you see it across forums uh, on social media, but everybody says, oh, if you're good enough, they'll find you. Dude, uh, yeah. the, there's a lot of good enough kids out there, right? Like, nope. and it, this, this stems from, Listen, guys, you're going to have a lot of people that are well-intentioned, trying to give you well-intentioned advice, but maybe misguided or uneducated, right? So I think it stems from that, a lot of these myths. Like, if you're good enough, somebody's going to find you. Dude, there's thousands of kids playing in one time slot, in one weekend, in one city, in one tournament, right? Like, there's thousands of kids out there that are good enough, and, and the statistics are out there. It's it's less than 10% of kids will go on to play any sport, right? And really, Coach, like any of these myths could be across any sport and across any division. So this isn't just softball related. This is football. This is basketball. And that first one of – I see it all the time. I see a lot of kids that are good enough that have missed the boat somewhere uh, in the process. That they just – it's a reactive thinking, Right, we already said how, how proactive this process is. And if you think you're just good enough and you're just gonna show up at a field and somebody's gonna find you, that's not the way recruiting works these days. There's just too many yeah, kids. You're just flipping going. Yeah. Right. So I mean, being good enough, man, that that's not that's not what it takes anymore. There's a lot that happens behind the scenes. And I think a lot of people again have this reactive mindset to recruiting that I'll just go play and coaches are gonna find me. I'm just going to post some random video on YouTube or Twitter and a coach is going to offer me. Or my favorite is just go to camps. Well, what if those aren't recruitable options? So there's, again, it's a lot of misinformation. It's well-intentioned advice, but it's just misguided and, and, and uneducated, really. So that's the first myth is if you're good enough, somebody's going to find you, right? The second one for me is the academic piece. I mean, this Softball is not a full-ride athletic type of opportunity scholarship-wise. The, the academic piece of this is going to be where a lot of the money is, right? That's your return on investment, folks, is in the academic side of this. Um, coaches want to recruit smart players. They got to make sure that they're eligible. But obviously, you know, higher test scores, the more academic money that's available to those kids, um, so again, I mean, for me, like I want a kid that's good enough to play at the next level, but they got to understand like you're a student athlete, right? Not an athletic student. So there has to be that piece that academics, you know, come first, um, you know, that, oh, if we're just good enough, somebody's going to A, find us, but B, they're just going to offer us all this money. Well, not if you don't pull the grades, you know, as a college coach, think about it. I'm trying to get the most by giving the least, right? Meaning coach, like if you've got a high academic, you have a high ACT, I don't have to give you as much out of my athletic money to get you to come play for me, right? Without. 
but a lot of families they want to do the least and want the most and it yeah it doesn't always it doesn't always you know equal out so again you know the the, the more you know the higher the test scores and the better the grades the more the more opportunities that open up you know division three and there's a there's just a whole lot more that opens up uh, as far as you know fishing in the right pond so to speak that that happened when the academic side is focused on so i think that's that is a myth out there that if i'm good enough i'm physically out you know i'm going to find somewhere um and that grades don't matter and then the last myth is always is, is the one it's waiting and coach i don't know how many times i hear people say well i'll wait till i have my act score to start this process you know coaches aren't waiting they they didn't they didn't wait through covid you know coaches aren't waiting in this process for softball that evaluation happens early you know eighth grade freshman year those coaches know who they're going to talk with by that junior year date yeah, right so they so got names on the board oh for sure i mean people think well if a coach can't talk to me until june 15th you know for division 2 or september 1st for division 1 if they can't talk to me well that doesn't mean they don't want to hear from you Right. We can't we can't wait, you know, for things to happen and then we're going to get into it again. It's a very reactive, it's a very reactive mindset. And, and recruiting is proactive. It's putting yourself out there. It's doing things that are going to make things happen. Right. And again, I think that goes back to invested versus, you know, interested in this process. So I think those are some some good myths and, and, and truths uh, to present. But it all really for me, it always stems back from just some people just being um, misguided and uneducated and they, and they see things happening on social media and they think that that's how it's done. But anyways, I can, I can say from a college coach's standpoint, you know, you mentioned on athletics, if, if I'm recruiting a high school kid and you're struggling to balance being a student athlete in high school, when the, the, I would say the hourly demand is not as rigorous as it is in college, Mm -hmm. then I don't know if I can depend on you to balance that workload at the next level when your professors are not going to, you know, babysit you through the course necessarily. You're going to have to be responsible to manage your time, make sure you're going to class. Um, You're going to do more work outside of class than you're going to do in class and plus balance the athletic commitment that you have with, you know, study hall, weightlifting, practices, you know, the travel. It takes a lot of self-discipline. And if you're barely getting by in high school, I don't know if your work ethic and your commitment is going to make it when you get to the college level and you're a gamble and you're a risk. No, I mean, that is absolutely spot on. I mean, I don't, I don't want a kid that just kind of is interested in my school. I want a kid that's invested in, in the whole process. And, you know, if you don't cut it in the classroom, you're not going to a play or even be eligible for them. So you're right. Like, Man, and I hear it all the time. These kids, these high school kids tell me, coach, I'm sorry. I've, I've just been really busy. Man, coach, that's one of my, like, I don't want to hear that ever because you yeah. make time for what's important for you, you guys. Yep. Like, you've got time to TikTok and Snapchat and do all this stuff. You've got time to be invested in your recruitment. I promise yep. you, no lie, it takes nothing more than 30 minutes a week if you put in the time to do the things behind the scenes that that go about getting you recruited but um yeah i mean the the academic piece man if if you can't cut it now and you can't prioritize and and time manage you're going to struggle at the next level because it's not just playing softball it's like 
what do you think? I, I would say playing college softball was like 20% of what I did. It, there's so much more going on than just playing college ball. I, I mean, I didn't major in college softball. That's not what I was there to do. Uh, I'm, exactly. I'm there to get an education. I'm, I'm there to get a degree that's going to mean something, you know, 40 years down the road. It's not just playing college softball. Exactly. Um, and you mentioned, you know, starting the process. How early is, you know, the college recruitment starting on the softball side as far as, and, you know, I know on the baseball side, we're getting these verbal commitments as early as eighth grade. Kids haven't even played a varsity in, in, in high school yet, and we're getting verbal commitments to Power 5 schools. Uh, on the baseball side of things, is that starting to dwindle into the softball world as well? Well, we took care of that a couple years ago when the Division One switched over their rules to pushing that back. I mean, nobody can offer or commit a kid until that September 1st date. But don't think for a second that they're not out evaluating. I can promise you, I've talked to numerous coaches this past week at the convention talking about what are your 24s and 25s. So you're talking sophomores and freshmen who are starting to be evaluated and these coaches want to see them develop over the next couple of years. And really, right at the end of the day, it comes down to developing a relationship. That, that's really what the recruiting process is. And again, I mean, when should it start? When the kid's ready. I, again, I've, I've had kids that were eighth graders who, this 2022 class, I had a lot of eighth graders to start. And it, it took them three to four years through this process to, to manage that process through it, right? So they started in eighth grade and it took them that long to, to find their fit. Now, some kids again are going to be physically ready, but maybe not academically ready. You're gonna limit the ponds we can go to fish in if we don't have the right grades and test scores. Um, but for, for softball, it really around freshman, eighth grade year. And again, dude, when I'm talking about getting into the process, we're just getting toes wet at this point. Like, I have not thrown them into the deep end. We're just managing this process and meeting each kid where they're at, right? So you're just dipping in their toes in the pool and then getting them into the shallow end. And then we can go ahead and get into the deep end and then dive off the diving board. So these kids aren't just thrown in. This is a process that takes some time. And the earlier you can understand that and the earlier you know that there's going to be some bumps in the road and you're able to pivot and, and stay positive. I think the earlier that's done, the better for a kid. So I don't think there's an ever too early, um, but and obviously there is a too late. But as far as being too early, I don't I don't think that there's such a thing as long as the kid's ready. Because it doesn't matter if you or I are helping the kid. It's not my process. It's not your process, right? It's not mom and dad's process. They're not the ones that are going to be writing the emails and talking to these coaches. It's it's the player. So she has to, or he has to be ready to manage that process, to manage the relationships, right? Yeah, a lot of players, they don't know how to get started. Like you mentioned, the emails need to come from the players. Um, I think that's important that mom and dad don't need to send the email from mom and dad's email address. Like if you're, if you're interested in a school, it should be a personalized email from the student athlete and, you know, mom and dad might help edit the writing and stuff like that, but that's just for grammatical errors and things like that. Like, 
you genuinely need to write as a student and, and address the coach that you're interested in talking to. It's funny that you say that, but do you know how many of these kids don't even know really how to write an email? Exactly. I teach them I mean, every I mean, day. Every day. I'm shocked that we have kids that we're about to put in the real world that literally don't know how to send an email. It's super archaic for them. So for me, I had to take a step back and really, again, meet each kid where they're at. And it's as simple as we can tell them to write emails, but coach, we got to help them first of all, make sure we're targeting the right schools to email, right? Athletically and academically, that, that has to make sure we're fishing in the right pond to begin with. So we got to make sure they're emailing the right coaches, but we got to teach them how to write. Um, rule number one in email, have a professional email. Like sexy kitten softball is not appropriate, <laughs> right? It's, it's some of these you know, I, there's just, you know, certain certain emails are just not appropriate. So that basic, have a good email. Te um, something else I'd love to see in emails is create a signature. You know, in the settings of every email, you can create a signature so that there's always certain things that are in that email and you don't have to worry about a, uh, you know, a signature line. Um, have a subject line, guys. I mean, keep it simple. You know, have a subject line have a brief email and then have a signature and, and to me an email is so basic but to these kids they'd rather they they just don't see it the same way that that you and i do and they don't really use email all that often right so we've got to teach them some basic stuff you know write your emails but okay that's that's helpful until i don't know who to email and i don't know what to say um i had a kid email me one time no lie no subject line no well, signature subject. oh yeah that's that's a good one too right um but the body of the email coach all it said was hey we play this weekend hope we win I, wow. I have no i have no idea who the kid was what team what tournament i i didn't know anything but she sent her emails right so yeah. we've got to teach them some basic stuff but that's yeah that that's that's really part of the first step of the process um the recruiting process is a is a series of steps and that first one coach is being identified and recognized by coaches who have a need for you that's step one of this process you have to know you have to be checked off for that coach on their checklist meaning if i'm recruiting that grad year do i need your position do you have the metrics i'm looking for you know do you have the academic piece that i'm looking for um, are you the right character kid? All of those are a checklist in that first step, being identified and recognized. I don't care how much you love, you know, ABC University. If ABC University doesn't need a, a power hitting outfielder because they're only looking for a pitcher in that class, that will go no further in the recruiting process. Right? I, I think you follow me enough to know on this first step, this is when I talk about fishing in the right pond. Right. Too many kids want to throw a lot of fishing lines, 30 emails and 30 videos and 30 camps. Yeah, let me and, mass email every D1 school and hope I get a response. Right. Like that's not the way to do it. And, and statistically speaking, that's just not where kids are going to fit. You know, less than two percent of kids are going to play at the division one level. That's just statistically speaking. Right. So we've got to know I don't even have. Coach, I don't have the right bait for this body of water. I, I don't even have the right vessel. You know, I need, I need a boat. Um, 
You know, my Walmart Snoopy pool isn't going to catch Marlin. It's sure. just not. And that, you know what? That's okay. Because you and I both know Walmart Snoopy pool can catch fish. It just isn't going to be in that pond. So as long as you start out in the first step of the process, targeting the right schools, targeting the right level athletically and academically, right? So that's what starts the process is when a coach says, yeah, that's a kid that I need and she fits what I'm looking for. And that this all starts with the emails, right? This all starts with putting your name out there proactively. And, and dude, it's not just one email. <laughs> uh, I get frustrated with this because a lot of kids want to send one email and they want to be like, oh, I, I sent my email, you know, a couple months ago. Well, let's do a little math problem. Okay. As a college coach, head coach, I would get, man, a hundred emails a day. There's 30 days in a month. Okay. That's 3000 emails, right? And that's on the low end. So let's just double and go, okay, I got 200 emails. That's 6,000 emails. And you sent one. Right. It's, it's, it's the consistency. It's the, the, the monotonous of putting yourself out there proactively, uh, you know, and it can't be the same email every time. It's got to, it's got to evolve. It's got to show something. Right. So that's first and foremost in the process is you have to be identified by a list of, of schools that want you, not your list. Every kid has a wish list. I get that. But the list of schools and coaches who actually need you, those lists might not ever overlap. And that's what's important is that kids are open-minded about the different opportunities that are out there. If you focus on the D1 pond this entire time, you're going to miss out on options in Division Three and NAI and D2 schools where you actually do fit. And the coach had no idea who you were, right? This first step, coach, if I don't know you exist, how do I recruit you? Right? That, exactly. That's... that's and how, how do you find these email addresses? Every school has a staff directory. Just go to the college athletics website, find who you need to talk to. Most of these schools have a recruiting coordinator. Email the whole staff if you need to, but you need to introduce yourself to each person. Um, the information is available on how to get their email address. You can look at their rosters and find out, you know, how many people are they graduating in this year's class? What positions mm -hmm. are they losing? So that's some background information you can do as a student athlete. And I, I know for baseball, if you're just chasing a certain level, you miss out on opportunities because there are good programs at every level and there are some bad programs at every level. So if you're just chasing the number behind the D or whatever, there are some JUCO schools that will whip some D1 schools and vice versa. So you need to find your fit. And do you, you know, do you want to play right away? Do you want to redshirt your first year? Like, where do you fit in and what are you comfortable doing as a freshman? Yeah. I mean, spot on. I mean, if you're a pitcher, you know, does the softball coach let their pitchers hit? I mean, those are all questions that if that's important to you, you might want to find out and, and you could do some of that background research, go to the stats, see if the pitchers are in the offensive stats that will tell you if their coaches let their pitchers hit. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of information that you guys have at your fingertips. If you think outside the box and how to find that information. Right. I get kids asking me all the time, well, what's so-and-so's email? I mean, dude, it's on Google. You, you have, you have, you have it right at your fingertips. Uh, uh, you know, it's like some of these kids, man, we can get, we can get off this tangent, but I mean, soft skills is an issue in today's recruiting. These kids don't have that ability to problem solve or conflict resolution or figure things out. They, 
They want immediate feedback. They want you to give them the, you know, the information right offhand. It's like, dude, go find it. You know, I, I can, I have it, but I want you to find it so that you, you know, you figure things out on your own. But yeah, so, you know, that's first and foremost, guys, in the recruiting process, step number one has to be identification and recognition. Once that coach knows who you are and you check off those checklists for them, yeah, I need that position. Yeah, I need that grad year. Yes, you have the metrics. Now they're going to start to evaluate. And this is where the coaches are going to be out at these tournaments, um, you know, showcases and tournaments across the summer in the fall. But they're there with a list of kids they already know about, right? Like, Brandon, they're not just going to show up just randomly and just walk around and just, like, hope that they see something at these tournaments, right? Yeah. They're there the with – budgets are not that big for you to waste time. No way. Not, I mean, budgets aren't big enough. I don't have the time. I don't have the personnel to go do that. I've got to go to this tournament, and I have these 10 kids I already know about from step one. I've already identified them. Right. Think about this, guys. You know, a college coach is going to go out to, let's say, Colorado this summer. It's one of the largest you know, summer uh, tournaments um, for softball. And let's just keep it on low end, coach. Each this tournament has 10 different venues and each venue has 10 fields. So that's 100 fields. Right. And there's two teams playing. So you got 200 teams. Each team has 10 kids. That's 2000 kids at one time. If you think I'm going to be able to just like happen to just catch you having a diving catch or you hitting a home run, like that is not how that's reactive. Oh, coaches are there. So they're going to see me. Not if they don't know who you are. Like how does a coach know when and where you're playing if they don't know when and where you're playing? Yeah. Right. So, so that you're, you want to be seen to be evaluated. You want that coach to already know who you are, right? If you've been emailing, and they can email you back, and, and maybe you've even had a phone call, you know that when ABC shows up at your game, who they're there to watch. It's not a secret because you've been communicating with them, right? So they're there to evaluate you, and they're actually there, and you and I know this, they're there to take that list from 10 and dwindle it down. I'm not there to add names. I'm there to take them off, <laughs> yep. right? So once I've seen you, I also want to see video. This is a big piece of what's going on in today's recruiting. I mean, video has always been important, but it's, it's super important these days. Um, it's having good video. Um, I, I could pull up Facebook right now and just see some terrible video or just video that doesn't make sense. Guys, if you're a pitcher or for any, really any position, put your important stuff up front, like put your sellable points up front, because if you're a pitcher and you show me, you playing first and you hitting and then you pitching, I'm going to think that you're not a very good pitcher if you're not showing it to me up front, right? Have sellable video. I'd rather you send no video than send bad video. It's crucial. I mean, coach, that's the first question I get is coach. She looks good. She sounds good. You know, what, what kind of video do you have? I want to see video. Yeah. Video that, your game. Cause you said, you know, they can't see every player at every field. Getting good video of your at-bats, getting good video of any live game situation is something you can send out. But not only that, if you're going to send out a video and you're a pitcher, clip it to a minute, throw your best pitches, see if you can get a radar gun in the video so we can verify your velocity. Don't just send me something that 
does me no purpose and I don't know any more information than I did before you send it. Bingo. I mean, and, and, and not all coaches even, it doesn't even have to be game footage, y'all. I mean, this can literally be at lessons, at practice. I don't care if it's in the backyard and you and a bonnet and a radar gun. I mean, coaches, right? Like metrics are a big piece of today's recruiting too. I think metrics, you're going to start to see a shift in coaches recruiting by numbers, which is a little subjective. Our, our sports are kind of objective up till now, but the, the metrics are a big piece of this. It's going to set some kids, you know, there's going to be some outliers, but come on, if you're touching 68 as a pitcher, Yes, that's power five level. You know, if you're touching 59, that might not be power five level. I'm not saying it's not D1, but it's definitely not power five yet. So, I mean, going back to the video, though, yeah, I mean, we want video. Um, We want, you know, like you said, metrics in that video is great. But having video and and video that shows growth, Um, you know, if you're a pitcher, I want to see I want to see a couple different angles of each pitch. but again, I think it's important that, you know, I don't need to see a lot of, I, I don't need to see a lot of, oh, my favorite is like a, a dad will send me some video and it's like a minute 47 of a 12 pitch at bat just to show me a double. It's like, <laughs> just, just yeah, cut it down to 10 seconds. Yeah, clip it, clip it down to what's the most important piece that we're trying to, you know, to get through. And then a lot of people want to put their stuff out on, you know, YouTube, uh, they have YouTube channels. Well, if a coach doesn't know who you are, I can promise you that they're not sitting on YouTube just randomly searching for a player that they don't know exists. YouTube is great. It's a great tool when that coach already knows who you are and why they're going to your channel, right? So it's not just having the video. It's what you do with that video. It's the targeted direction, you know, you go with that video. All right, so we want to we want to be seen to be evaluated. The coaches know who you are. They're out there watching. They're watching your video. Then we get into the third stage of recruiting, and this is where a lot of kids get lost in this mix, coach, because it's comparison. I'm going to compare the two or three kids I have in that position. That I'm going to start to compare some things, and this is where you're going to go to camp as a recruit, not a camp that's you're not going to go to a camp and be a camper. It's, those are two very different camp experiences. When you go to camp as a recruit, you know it. It's very different. We, we've had conversations. We've had phone calls. I've probably seen you play. I know who you are. I'm personally inviting you to camp. This is not the camp emails. This is not what I'm talking about, right? If you get a camp email, that is not an indication of recruitment. Let's <laughs> put that out there. Uh, you'll know. Make money. Yes, I've done it. Right. Most <laughs> camps are money makers. Let's say for every 50 kid I had at camp, I was legitimately looking at five and those five kids knew about it. They were had already been through the first couple steps of the process for me. But that comparison stage, you're coming to camp so that I can see how you interact with my staff, with my players. Uh, I want to see how you interact with mom and dad, how mom and dad interact with you. Everything's being compared, right? Because the last step of this, guys, is the offer and the commitment. And everybody wants the last step, but we're not willing to go through things in order and be proactive. We want to just sign up for a random camp and just think that the coach is going to offer us. Or we're just going to send a couple videos here and there, a couple emails, and a coach is just going to happen to 
you know, to find me. These steps of the process are tried and true through every sport at every level. Let's not mistake division one coaches recruit the same way as D3. It might happen a little bit later or a little bit earlier, depending on one or the other, right? So division ones aren't recruiting any different. They still know they have identified the kid, they've evaluated, they've compared, and then there's a, you know, an offer if there is one. Um, so I, I think that a lot of people think, oh, you know, D1 kids are just going to be found. I mean, that's not the case <laughs> at all. Um, I had a kid a couple years ago. She was out of Arizona. Dude, I saw one clip and knew that this was a third baseman who was un un ungodly. I mean, great defensive player. And I just knew, like, this kid's something special. Well, a, a coaching friend of mine, Division One, all the way in Delaware, needed a third baseman. She had no idea this kid existed. And all of a sudden, she went through those process, those steps really quickly. I mean, she went from the coach not even knowing who she was to getting through that process all because I mean, really sometimes recruiting also comes down to timing, like getting into it, talking to the right coach at the right time. And I'll, I'll say and piggyback on that, that when you send that email as a student athlete and you have a reference that can back that email up, whether it's a private instructor, uh, a high school coach, a travel ball coach, like that goes a long way than, than anything else, you know, because coaches look for that. They're going to talk to those coaches. They want to know, about you know your skill set they want to know what they see every day when they're working with you and as a private instructor myself i send hit tracks information out all the time whether it's exit velocity average exit velocity just line drive percentage like can this hitter hit what's their bat speed because if you can hit the ball 70 miles an hour you've got a chance to play college softball that's right no i think you hit it right there as far as the credibility i mean college coaches have a small circle of people that they trust. That's why they don't answer every single email that comes through. Like, who is Susie Smith and why do I need to know who she is? Like, once somebody like you or myself puts that stamp of approval and says to this coach, yeah, this kid can play at your level. And for me, you know, we're, we're interviewing our kids. I don't, we're not that company that just takes on every kid. So our college coaches know that if I've put my name on this kid, that they're credible, that this kid is, is, you know, can be at that level. I'm not putting every single kid in front of Pat Murphy at Alabama. That's not right. even, that's not happening. I don't put every kid in front of Brandon Elliott at Virginia Westland, right? I yeah. know what kind of kids they like, and they know me from being a coach, what kind of kids I have, but you're right, dude. It starts with having a credible source. Now you and I can lead these kids to the water, but we can't make them drink it, right? And that's that's where becoming interested, you know, there's a lot of kids that love being recruited. They love that spotlight. They love all of that stuff, but they're not invested in that final process. They, they want the outcome, but they might not want to do all the steps that it takes to be in that process. Um, you know, those steps, they could take time. Some of your baseball kids, you know, I think eighth grade's way too early to be committing, but at the end of the day, who am I to tell you what, how fast you have to run your race? You know, yeah. I've had kids that have committed in a sophomore year. I think it's a race at your own pace. And, and Brandon, you're not racing anybody. You're not, it's, you have to stay in your lane and worry about what you've got going on with your recruitment. You know, I think it, 
too many kids these days really get focused on what everybody else is doing and, and why is so-and-so getting recruited to there? Well, maybe that coach doesn't need a shortstop. Maybe they're looking for that lefty slapper outfielder. So don't worry about what other people are doing in their recruitment because that's not, that's not for you to worry about. We can get excited for somebody else's success without it diminishing our own. And our, our, our recruitment will come in its own time. But you have to work that process. It's not like, oh, Coach Brain is going to reach out to some coaches for me and I'm just going to get an offer. Like once right. we do that, once you and I make that initial conversation or connection, it's up to the kids. It's up to the players to take the reign of that and, and move it forward. Yep. Right? Like we're the not here conversations to happen between the student athlete and the coaches. Like, you know, you, now it's your ball. Yeah, I mean, you and I, we're not here to give these kids fish every day. And then they only rely on us. I think we're in the business of teaching these kids to fish for themselves, and then they can eat for the rest of their lives. Right? And it's, so it's not, and, it, it, and a lot of this always goes back, for me, it's, it's looking at it, and, and recruiting always goes back to this, the, the soft skills. I, I really think this generation has lost a sense of communicating. As connected as they are, Coach, they're often disconnected in having communications with coaches. I mean, yeah. like, like we talked about earlier, I mean, right? They, they don't know how to build that relationship one-on-one. They don't know how to, you know, I, I told a kid the other day, it's like writing a pen pal and then never writing back. And the kid was like, I don't know what a pen pal is. Yeah. <laughs> like it, that doesn't even make sense anymore. But, I, you know, emails, one of the easiest things, that's one of the questions I get most is helping kids just write emails. Um, but I'm not going to write it for them. Definitely not the case, but they, they've got to take the reins of this and, and run their own race, so to speak. So can you tell our viewers a little bit about, you know, what services you provide with NSR and, you know, what NSR is all about? And if they're interested in, you know, possibly reaching out and inquiring more, you know, how do they go about that process? No doubt. National Scouting Report has been around for 41 years. Um, it's as old as I am, and it's been the longest. It's the oldest uh, scouting organization in the country. Uh, we don't just do softball. We do all NCAA sports, um, including eSports, and our newest one is bass fishing. Okay, So we, we do all NCAA sports, and for us, and National Scouting Report, we select the players and families that we work with. We are not open enrollment. You can't just go on our website and just sign up. Um, I actually meet and, and review and qualify every kid and player that I work with. Because again, for me, as a former college coach, I wanna make sure I'm working with, number one, I gotta work with a family and kid of character. If you're a jerk, I don't care how good you are. I don't care how awesome your grades are. If you don't have great character and you're not a good person and you're that jerk of a teammate, or maybe I've got crazy mom, crazy dad. I don't want to work with that, right? So I've got to have good kids to start with. Then I want good academics because that opens so many doors when I have a kid that has test scores that are playable, um, where I have kids that have test scores that open a lot of other opportunities. So I want good kids, good students, and then I want a good athlete. Obviously, the kid has to be able to play at the next level. So for me to start the process, it's usually me getting eyes directly on that kid, whether it's you send me your fall, summer, high school schedule. We do have scouts on the ground across the country. So if I, I have kids in Idaho, 
right? So if I can't make it out to Idaho, I've got another scout out there who will be able to kind of see my kids and whatnot. So we want to see the kids first. Typically, that's either on the ground or family send me video. And that starts the process. I mean, I want to take a good look at the video, and then we, then we meet with each family. And then we decide whether we want to offer that kid, you know, that family to work with them or not. Okay. I think the biggest piece of advice, I think it has to be broke down into the two different uh, grades. I, I, I want to give advice for seniors and juniors. I think that's important. If you're a senior or a junior who's uncommitted, your options are closing. And literally day by day, the, the, the more you wait or the reactiveness that you have, you're going to miss out on opportunities. Start making moves. Get with somebody that you trust who's in your circle, in your corner, who has your best interest in mind, who's guiding you to the right schools that still are open for, there, there are schools out there, coach, that still need 22s, guys. So there are still opportunities. And now we're gonna have to not only, for that, for juniors and seniors, guys, be open-minded. There's going to be opportunities. We gotta be looking at JUCO, we gotta be looking at NAI, we gotta be looking at D2. So instead of narrowing it down and being picky, we've gotta be a little bit broader. Um, time's of the essence for that group. The, t the clock is ticking. And I'm telling you, there are opportunities that were open last week that aren't open this week. And the kids who are proactive and make moves on those, those are the kids who are getting those commitments. And ask tough questions. Coach, if, these, if you're a junior or senior going to camp and you're not asking the coach this question after camp, then you're doing yourself a disservice. Ask them, coach, now that you've seen me play, do I fit somebody that would be a part of your program. Ask a tough question. Don't allow a coach to tell you, oh, send me your schedule. That's one of the, the worst answers I've ever, you know, I know what that answer means as a coach. Yeah. If I'm interested in you, you're going to know. I'm going to tell you to call me or I'm calling you. There, there's the most generic answer is send me your schedule and come to camp. Okay, so ask tough questions of these coaches. Write an email and say, coach, are you still looking for a middle infielder in the 22 class? Some of these kids just won't ask the question because they're scared of the answer. But I'd want to know so I don't keep fishing in that dang pond when I'm not going to have yeah, a bite over time. Exactly. So juniors and seniors, get active immediately. Okay. If you're a freshman or a sophomore or younger, you have to have a game plan. And I'm talking about a smart game plan of taking some tests early. Take an ACT or an SAT early. Take it in your freshman year. There's no minimum requirement just so you have a baseline, just so you have experience with that test and you know what it's like, but mainly for that baseline, where is my ACT or SAT score starting? So then I have time over the next couple years to improve in the areas that I need to on those tests, right? So have a plan, have something, have a plan early. Um, it goes back to having that race at your own pace. Those freshmen and sophomore, they have a little bit more of a marathon. They've got some time, but they've got to get into that race to know kind of where they're fitting. Because if you, if you are of a higher caliber, coaches need to know about you now, right? And, and, and every level needs to know about you because there's Division threes and NAIs and JUCOs can talk to kids a lot sooner than the D2s and, and, and the Division ones. So race at your own pace. Enjoy the process. Man, Coach, I want these kids to have fun in this process. It's work. It's a grind, no doubt. But they should have fun. It, it, it shouldn't be a job. And that's where I, earlier I talked about just getting their toes wet. I'm not throwing my 
freshmen and sophomore, or my freshmen and sophomore and eighth graders, I'm not throwing them into the deep end yet. They've got, we're doing things on a timeline, right? So um, enjoy the process, play other sports. I'm a big believer in multi-sport athletes. I don't think that you should have to just solely focus on one, really until your plate becomes too full. Man, get involved. Get involved with activities that aren't other sports. Um, I have kids that show livestock. I have kids that are in choir and band, uh, philanthropy, community service, church youth group. I mean, be a kid. This is not, this is supposed to be fun. And dude, yeah. it's a lot of fun when you know those kids are fishing in the right pond to start with. It's a lot of fun um, in that and when, when you can see the things just happening and one step leading to the next. But if you, you know, continue to, to stay in your own way, right, and, and do what you want to do, some of these kids are, and families are going to run that hamster wheel and, and keep doing the same thing over and over and expect a different result, right? Like, there's a lot of other things we didn't get into tonight, but there's a lot of money grabs out there. There's a lot of things that people think they should do that they don't need to do, right? right? I mean, you don't need to pay to be an all-star, guys. You don't need to pay to be uh, uh, the good stuff. You don't need to pay to be an All-American. You don't need to pay to have a ranking. None of that stuff matters. None. I have never had a coach call me and say, who are your dot to dot to dot, you know, All-Stars, All-Americans? Who's your ranked kids? That, that's, that's not a thing. That, that's an ego-driven thing. That's not, that's not even a thing in recruiting. There's a lot of awesome experiences that have no benefit to your recruitment whatsoever. You know, a lot of people are going to say, well, it's not always about recruiting. Well, at some point it should be. Sophomore, junior yeah. year, it's got to be about recruitment. We're, we're not going to camps that, you know, it's just a really expensive autograph. Make sure you're starting to do things that have an ROI in your recruitment, right? So um, that's, that's kind of the breakdown as far as advice. I think juniors and seniors, you guys got to get moving. Sophomore, freshman, and younger – Start to have a plan so that you're not sitting at a junior or senior with no options on the board. Uh, Coach, thank you so much for, for having me tonight. Again, I know this we didn't cover everything in an hour. It's really impossible. But I just really appreciate you giving me a, a, new, a new audience to, to reach and um, just for believing in what I do. Yeah, thank you for coming on. Um, tremendous respect for you and what you do. I really appreciate you taking your your personal time on a weeknight to, to give back to our community here in, you know, small town, Eastern North Carolina and all of our viewers that are watching really appreciate it. No doubt. Anything I can do for any of you guys, just let me know. You can reach me. I'll get, uh, I'll get coached to my, my email and my cell. However you got to reach me, reach out if you want to get evaluated for me or one of our other scouts. All right. Thank you, coach. Take care. All right. You too. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed the show, please consider sharing with others and be sure to leave a rating or review. I hope this helps. See you on the diamond.